Welcome, friends old and new, to Marketing Mavericks, a consumed media vlogcast. I'm your host, Leo Falkenstein. In this vlogcast, we're here to dive into the world of marketing, technology, and career and personal development with our goal of helping you navigate the ever-changing landscapes that the marketing world has to offer. Whether you're a seasoned marketer or just starting your journey, we're here to inspire, educate, and empower you to become a true marketing maverick. In today's episode of Marketing Mavericks, I am joined by my good friend, Jonathan Du, who's the VP of Creative Services at MarketWake. MarketWake's an award-winning growth marketing and digital services agency, which provide a wide variety of different services to their clients. Now, I've known Jonathan Du for many years. We worked together when he was at SalesLoft, who's a client. We worked together when he was at Maxio, who's a client. And over those years, we worked on a lot of different projects like product explainer videos, thought leadership content, animated ads, you name it, we made probably made those videos together. So I'm super excited to have him on the show today. And during this conversation, we're going to talk about crockpots and microwaves. You don't know what that means yet? You'll find out. We're going to talk about his philosophy on creating impactful content. And we're also going to talk about the importance of making things happen rather than always making sure things are perfect. Really great conversation here today. Let's get into it. All right, Jonathan, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Leo? I am doing great, and I am honored that you have decided to be a guest on this Marketing Mavericks vlogcast. Jonathan, we've known each other for a long time, right? We've known each other since you were at SalesLoft, and then you moved on to Maxio, and now you're over at MarketWake. So I've been fortunate to see you at a lot of different companies, but I want to start by just hearing a little bit about your story. Tell me about how you've landed first into just the marketing role in general, and maybe just a short synopsis about your journey along the way. Best way to describe it is my job's always been to tell stories and how I got into that was um, I'll say I was a theater major in college and I'm, I'm willing to admit that to your audience. So I, as a theater major in college, after I got out of um, college, I came here to Atlanta and I went to work at the Alliance Theater and just had the greatest time ever and got to meet and work with a bunch of wonderful people, but a lot of different artists. And it was super collaborative, but eventually um, I needed, as everybody does at some point in their life, you want to make a little more money. And I don't know if your audience knows this or not, but working in theater is not a license to print money. It's, it's a very limited business that way. So I um, got tired of the starving artist thing and I got into the event business of just coordinating events. And then through doing that, I got into the marketing business of trade shows and other pieces. But along the way, I read a book called The Experience Economy by Pine and Gilmore. And that was about how all business is a stage. And that really, I could talk to marketers about how marketing could affect and how an experience and how theater could affect what they were doing. And that just turned into working with marketing departments. And that's how the journey really started. So to getting to MarketWake, um, I was a client. <laughs> I was a MarketWake client and I loved working with them on things. And at some point along the way, Brooke, who was one of the co-founders of MarketWake was, do you think you'd be interested in doing something like this? And it's actually, I've always wanted to work at an agency because I like doing lots of working on lots of different things at the same time. So it just was an opportunity I couldn't pass up. I love it. And Jonathan, the only thing that frustrates me a little bit about what you said is that I haven't had the chance to work with you in front of the camera. 
You've always been behind the camera with me. You're the theater major. You need to be in front of the camera. I don't like being in front of the camera. I am the behind the scenes person and I've always been the behind the scenes person. <laughs> I love it. So let me ask you a question just so our audience has a good idea. Just tell me a little bit about who MarketWake is. MarketWake's an agency. We're digital marketing or growth marketing agency, whichever term you prefer. And we work with a wide variety of clients, whether it's B2B, B2C, or D2C on um, creating campaigns that drive conversions. And that's really what it's all about is figuring out, we work with people to figure out who their audience is, what they want to say to that audience to move them, and then what action we want them to take to convert them. And so it doesn't matter who, what they come out of, that's what we work on on a daily basis. And Jonathan, you are the VP of creative services over at MarketWake. So tell me what that job looks like on a day-to-day -day basis. And also, you know, what are some of the creative services that you get really expired by, you know, when you're working with your clients? On a daily basis, a lot of what I do is um, look at, look at what's going on, on, on the different clients. And so the way the business is kind of split up, we have retainer that are long-term clients. And then there's just certain project clients. So I go back and forth between the two and you're just looking at how those campaigns are going or what's the objective, what are we working on? And then I'm looking at the work, working with, from a creative services standpoint, um, copywriters and designers on making something happen. So I like to say all the time is uh, we make things happen before we make things perfect. And so that's a lot of my day is what are we making happen today? What's the next step you can do today to make something happen for this client? So it. basically that's what I do on a daily basis. And, and one thing um, that you said that's, that's really interesting to me is that you have project clients and retainer clients, and we're similar here at Consume Media. And when I, you know, when we were having our, our initial conversations about what we want to talk about here today, a lot of what you said is that it's all goal oriented, right? It's all about mm -hmm. making people feel something and then creating mm -hmm. a service offering that can achieve that. So my question for you is, how do you think that really affects what you're able to do when you're on a project versus on a retainer with a client? Um, the best way to describe it is what I found here, because it, it's, it's coming up, I've been here 10 months and I, I'll call it want versus need. And a lot of times, and you'll totally identify with this, a client walks through the door and says, this is what I want. And because of your specialty and what you do, you go, I understand what you want, but I think this is what you need. And because you understand what they need to be doing. And so that's what a lot of time is, is figuring how to get to the need of they want, they might walk through the door saying, I want a website. But then when you really start talking to them, what they want is conversion and what the, or what they really, what they need is pipeline velocity. So a lot of what you're doing is moving them from, I think this website's going to solve my problems to, no, your website needs to be set up to drive conversion, but there's a campaign issue here or an audience issue here about making sure that you're talking to the right people at the right time in the right place to get them to take the action you want. So I think that's a, from you, you and I, we know that all the time because they're like, no, I really want this. Yeah, you might want that, but I, you're, you're being pleasantly persuasive to talk them to what they need. 
I totally can relate to that. You know, the amount of times our clients will say, and it's a little bit of a different style, a different story, but like the amount of times our clients will say, I need, or I want this um, video and I'm imagining three actors and we're out in the woods and they're jumping off cliffs and they're trying to do this and that's going to increase our brand awareness. And I say, okay, what's your budget? And they say a number that isn't anywhere close to something for a television commercial or cinematic video. And I say, okay, well, with your budget, that might be what you want. But first of all, you can't get that with your budget. And second of all, let's go back to the goal, right? What are you trying to do? You're trying to increase brand awareness or something like that. So what sort of video content can we create for you that ultimately will achieve that goal, right? Exactly. I think that um, the, the thing I've been talking to people about a lot recently is well, while marketing is storytelling and helping people tell the story, a lot of what we end up doing is sales enablement. <laughs> it's helping people to get to that conversion event. And so move yourself because before I was at SalesLoft, I was doing marketing automation software. And so then it was all marketing. It's yes, it's about personalization. Yes, it's about getting a great email and no email isn't dead. Email will always be alive and well. But I think you have to be in service of who are we trying to sell to? And how am I helping that sales? How am I enabling sales? Because at the end of the day, uh, I can create any marketing vanity net metric that you want, but that doesn't that doesn't move the sales needle. And um, or like I said, theater. I had a professor in college who said it's not show art; it's show business. <laughs> this ain't show art. <laughs> We're in business, and so let's get to conversion. Love it. So like. I realized I somewhat interrupted you because I asked you two questions and then I kind of moved mm -hmm. on to another topic. But mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you again, kind of because what we're talking about, the content that we're creating, how it you want to create content that's impactful, but also, mm -hmm. you know, as creatives, we want to create content that's meaningful for us. So kind of, yes. I want to kind of hear your perspective. First of all, you know, my initial question went before I interrupted you, which was mm -hmm. what inspires you, but how do you balance that? How do you balance the content that inspires you with the content that is, content that is going to move the needle? I think you have to, um, I'm going to, I think you have to not think in terms of strategy, but philosophy that it's, this is going to sound weird, but so I'm just going to go on a limb here. I'm ready. I think you have to be more philosophical about it. And so when I look at things, I think about there's a way that I approach things and it's not a strategy. It's a philosophy. And the philosophy that I have is that. I'm an essentialist. I just want what's essential to tell this story and what are the pieces that matter. And that means I'm not into decoration. I like something to be super functional. And so I look at things and say, what's the best way to tell this and break this down so that the audience is going to get it. I like to make beautiful stuff and I like to make things that people look at, but if it doesn't, if the form doesn't follow the function, I'm not in. And so I, from a, whether it's the writing or the, it's the design, it's about taking things down to what's, the, what's the essential thing. What's the story we're trying to tell? What's the best way to tell this? Because the world's changed so much in terms of attention span. I can't write the 500 word piece. That's really going to get them to convert anymore. I, I need the shortest version of the shortest thing ever to get someone to read it, understand what I'm talking about and then move forward. So that that's so essentialism is where I'm at most of the time is 
what can I take? If I remove that one thing, will it all fall apart? Let's figure that out. Let's get it down to the bare essentials. I love Does it. Does that answer it for you? <laughs> that... It works for me. Yeah. Um, and the one thing you mentioned just there was was interesting, and it kind of corresponds with some of the things that we, we had talked about before the conversation is, you know, attention spans, right? Attention mm-hmm. spans are shorter, but also um, – there's there. I like to say that people do have short attention spans, but if they're actually interested in something, then they're willing to give it more time. Right. So with right. the things that you guys do at Market Wake, are you guys seeing that same sort of idea, that same sort of philosophy? Um, and if so, what are some of the solves that you have in order to, first of all, get people interested and second of all, get people engaged? Um Getting them interested a lot of time is just being able to be found. And so, um, discovery because you want to be discovered seen heard and remembered so if i just to get somebody discovered that's a big thing but that's a technology thing a lot of the time that's seo that's paid media there's just so many different ways you can get them out there or i mean you could be doing guerrilla marketing and get them out there but so you it's about them being discovered but then once once they're discovered seen it's about being heard because people will go deeper but you've got to give them credible content for that and different people everybody's different. So I might like super visual stuff, but you might want to read the 500 word. So I've got to have both. I've got to have the visual. I've got to have the stuff that goes in depth, but more than anything else, I have to be credible. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the things like you were asking me beforehand, when I'm looking, when I'm going into something, what am I doing? How am I going about it? And there's this line that I love from years ago. It's look at more stuff and think about it harder. Our job from a research standpoint is to look at more stuff and think about it harder. You have to, it's what makes this job so awesome is I'm a naturally curious person. So it's, I might not have been in um, whatever industry that is. So I have to get, I have to look at a lot of stuff, think about it, and then think about where this brand is and what they should be saying and how we could say it to be credible to that audience. And, um, I know you feel the same way. That's super exciting. That's Mm -hmm. an exciting thing to do every day. And it's also super challenging. It's the double-edged sword is I have to be really smart about this. And then some days it's like, whew, I have to be really smart about this. That's a hard thing to do on a daily basis. But but, um, it makes you want to get up in the morning and get in and do it. I love it. And that's so important, right? Being inspired, right? Being inspired to want to achieve the goal, waking up and being excited, right? So... um, and I know at these days, like, you know, you're getting excited, but I have to imagine you're not the one actually, you know, doing the designs or writing the copy, you're managing a team, right? So what's that like managing a team of creatives? And, you know, first of all, the same sort of thing, you being expired to do your job, but also making sure that your team's expired to do their job. You have to, um, you have to be super intentional about your leadership and you have to be super adaptive in your leadership because one size fits no one. It, it, it just doesn't. And so it's a very personal thing. How I deal with person A is not how I deal with person B, but the outcome has to be the same. And so you have to be willing to invest. I joke about it all the time. There's, um, no one gets up every day and worries about your career except for you. So the person has to be invested in their own career and where they want to go and what they want to do. And they have to verbalize that to you. But then my job is to help them find that is to help them become the best version of them that I can do. And 
I joke about just being one of the older guys because the last couple of places I've worked, I have been the older guy there. But part of that, my responsibility is to help younger people figure out, oh, this is what I this is what I want and this is what I need to get there and figuring out ways to help them advance their career, whether it's classes outside or or other things, because, yeah, I'm you don't want me to design your stuff. You just flat out don't. You don't want me to be the designer on your job and you don't probably want me to write your stuff, but I can work with people to help find that. And that goes back to the theater background I'm talking about is collaborating with artists for on, on a central theme and moving that forward. I love it. And one thing that you just said sparked probably my favorite thing that I read uh, <laughs> when we were, when we were, we were talking beforehand and that is the difference in the need to have both crockpots and microwaves on your team. I yeah. love this is I love this this metaphor. Please tell me tell me tell the world your so thought process here. Crockpots and microwave came out of it's something that I said when it, it started that at Sales Loft actually is that hey I need crockpots and microwaves and you need people on your team who I need people who are microwaves who hey we have this thing we have these twelve social pieces that have to be done today and they're going to go out and deadline let's go here are the words here's the stuff let's go and they can do stuff incredibly fast and incredibly accurate because i'm really super concerned about first time right can we get this right the first time so that we can move forward that's a big concept of how you get things done but then i also need crockpots who there's certain client pieces that we work on where you go i just need to think long term because when you look at things that you're working on especially when it comes to when you're working with brands is I know where we are today, but where will this industry be in three years? So you need someone who's thinking about that kind of stuff as where is this evolving to and where are we going and how can we start tilting the conversation to where this is all leading to in a couple of years so that we are the forward thinking and forward looking brand. And so I used to always talk about, I need crock pots and microwaves to make that happen. And looking at that even one step further, like, I know it's, I, I don't want to simplify it, but is it almost as simple as like, hey, we need the people who are able to get the job done quickly. And we need the people who are able to look into the future and make sure we're setting us ourselves up for future success. Or is there more there? There's more there because um, there's what I was talking about earlier when I said, Hey, they walked through the door and I want a website. And it's like, but you might need a video. Your hits are so you need someone who's looking at trends and saying, trend wise, I want to I want to be culturally current trend wise. So that means that means what am I doing on TikTok? What am I doing on these other mediums that I'm using? What channel am I using and am I speaking in an appropriate way in that channel? And so you need to make sure that you're creating content for those channels. But you have to have someone who's thinking about mm. what that means and how are we going to use that and what's the best way to move them forward in that channel. And that's why that crockpot person is sitting there and saying, yeah, I'm really thinking about this. And it'd be cool if we did this. But what if we I know you want to do that. But what if we had two competing voices and this was an event and we just invited people to come to this? You know, it's a dinner in New York City and it's five people who think this and five people who think something completely different, but that, you know, styles make fights as the saying goes. So that would be interesting content. What would happen if we did that? What content could come out of that? What type of video, what blog post, that type of thing. You need someone who's thinking about 
that stuff and helping you move forward in it. I love it. I, I think that's such a cool analogy. I think I'm going to have to start using that and, and thinking about it, you know, first of all, for my, my, my own philosophy, but also how I can kind of think about that for our team as well. You know, who, who needs to be the crackpot? Who needs to be the microwave? Who needs to be the crackpot today, but the microwave tomorrow? Things like that, right? But then it's the old, you know, the 80-20 rule you've heard about for years from that 80% I'm working on this and 20% I'm investing and in looking at the um, doing something that I deeply want to learn about. Yeah. Well, if you, you have someone on your team who wants to learn about those things, you should be setting up and saying, yeah, I'm willing to make an investment in you to learn about those things, but I need a return on my investment. Mm -hmm. um, you're going to do that. And so what's that going to mean for our clients in 30, 60 or 90 days? And let's sure. set some goals well, based yeah. on that so that yeah. not only are we going to do it, 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 you just don't get smarter. We're, it's theory versus practice. Okay. That was your theory. How are we putting that into practice? And let's do something again. Let's make something happen before we make it perfect. Let's make that happen see how people react to it and then iterate on that and keep developing that idea. I love it. Jonathan, as I kind of told you, we do try to keep these close to 20 minutes and we are approaching the 20 minute mark. So I want to ask you one last question, then I'll ask you for sort of um, uh, just kind of uh, information where people can find you and things like that. But my question mm -hmm. for you and, you know, you can answer this however you'd like. But, you know, for someone who does want to follow a similar career path, who wants to be a VP of creative services or a leader in the creative department, what sort of advice would you give to that sort of person? Um, if you want to do this, I've been thinking about this a lot. I really have been thinking about this a lot. And I think that people, especially in, in design and copy, and they think a promotion to them is, Hey, I'm currently a designer and I want to be a senior designer. Then I want to be an art director. Then I want to be a creative director. And they look at that as promotion path. And it's not, it's a path. Each one of those things, you're giving up something to get there is the mm -hmm. best way to describe it. So if you really want to be a creative director, how much are you willing to give up design wise, if you're just working as a designer to help other people realize their dreams? So um, your empathy is probably the biggest thing you have to work on to move your career forward is not um putting others in front of yourself and how am i helped to elevate those people to do the things and if it's all about you you're going to get found out eventually but yeah. if it's all about somebody else and you're creating people who are creating great things that's that to me is the most important part and that helps me get up and that's also how i think other people can come along and do the same thing but at the at the end of the day um you better be able to know how to tell a story and you better be able to know what you want people to do and how you're measuring it to make sure that you're making that thing happen instead of just making pretty, making something pretty versus making something useful. Love it. Yep. It's all about effectiveness, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, again, what am I doing to move? What am I doing to drive conversion and meaningful conversion of the audience? Cause you could, you probably don't have time for this. I'm going to tell you anyways, when I was at, right. when I was at IBM, we did this, we did this ebook and just thousands of people download this ebook, but nobody was converting on this. I mean, it wasn't leading to deals is because we wrote this piece that 
was not geared to perfectly to our audience. It was geared to a much lower level. And so everybody's like, yeah, I want to be a CMO. I'll download this piece. Well, you're not, we're supposed to be reaching CMOs. And so no CMO is going to download that thing. They don't have the time to read it. They don't have yeah. the time. So I'm not reaching them in a format that they need and, and in a way that they want to be reached. Yeah. So yeah. It's vanity metrics, right? It's vanity metrics. So look, I, I got thousands of conversions. Didn't lead to any sales. Well, <laughs> That's not good. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for your time, Jonathan. If there, I would love just to end this with, you know, how can people find out more about yourself and MarketWake? Well, marketwake.com is where you can go and you'll see lots of stuff and see how we can help you. you jump on a button there, click contact us and stuff, and we will follow up and talk with you and have a great conversation. Awesome. Jonathan, thanks for your time today. This has been wonderful. Always great to hear your perspective. And uh, let's have some fun. Thanks for talking me into this. <laughs> no problem. Thank you for joining us on this episode of our vlogcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to follow us on social media to stay updated on all future episodes, as well as a wide variety of other video marketing content. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on LinkedIn by searching for Consume Media. Thank you again for tuning in, and we look forward to bringing you more engaging discussions in the future. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to share this vlogcast with your family, friends, and colleagues. And with that, I'm out.